Many people don't grow strong because of the way they treat their body. The Bible provides us with principles that lead to a healthy life. This message is the eighth in the series, I Will Grow Stronger. The message is entitled, Take Care of Your Body. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields. I want to continue our series together today entitled, I Will Grow Stronger. And I want to talk specifically about something today that perhaps uh, you've never heard a message on. There are very few messages actually that I've heard over the years on this particular topic. I've preached on it a few times in the past, but I want to draw your attention to a very important topic in the Bible, and that is how to take care of your physical body, the importance of your physical body. Before we dive into that today, let me just sort of set it up by reminding you where we are in the series. This is a series, a large series called Made for More. And we're looking at some things as we go through the Made for More series that are decisions that you and I make that will lead us to a more life. And Jesus promised to give us a more life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the scripture says, the thief, that's the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to experience a more abundant life, not just from the standpoint of material things in your life, but we're talking about a richness that you can experience only with Jesus. And Jesus can give you more of a life than you'll ever experience any other way. And we're looking at the decisions that you and I need to make to actually step into that more life, because while Jesus offers it to us, it's not automatic. Just because a promise is provided for you, you have to make the decision as to what you will do with it, whether you will receive it or not, and what you will do in reference to it. And the same is true when it comes to uh, this more life, that we have to choose to do the right things. And one of the biggest challenges that you and I have in our lives spiritually is the challenge of our will, choosing to do the right things, volition. That's why we're taught to pray that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done in earth as it is in heaven because our biggest struggle often is with our own will, with our own choices in life. And one of those choices that you have to make if you are going to become stronger in life, you're going to be the person experience the more life that God has for you is a choice to grow stronger. To say, I'm not going to remain a weakling throughout my spiritual journey, but I'm going to do everything I can to gain spiritual strength. Sadly, there are a lot of people who accept Jesus into their life, and they never, ever grow. They never develop in their spiritual journey. But what we want to be is people who are actually gaining strength over time. And one of those areas that you need to gain strength in relates to your physical body. Because when God made you, uh, you are a three-part being. All of us are. We're made in the image of God, and God is a triune God. God is the God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, one and three, three and one. And you are a triune being. You have a spirit internally. That's how you relate to God. And that spirit, when you first come into the world, is dead because of sin, the Bible says. And so when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, your spirit comes alive. You're born again. That's that spiritual birth. It's called the new birth, the birthing of your spirit into the life of Jesus. You also have a soul. You are a soul is perhaps a better way to say it. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, the way you interact with the world around you. And so your, your soul has certain dimensions to it. Your soul is being sanctified over time. Your soul needs to be delivered from things. It needs to be healed from pains and things in your past. Your soul needs work. Your soul needs to be saved. Amen? Okay. Your spirit comes alive in Christ, but your soul needs to be saved. That's an ongoing process of getting garbage out of your life and getting Jesus into your person, into your being. 
But all of this is contained, your spirit and soul is contained in your body. It all works together. While you're on earth, you have this physical body. When you go to heaven, you're going to have a body also. It's just going to be a glorified body. And so God never does away with the concept of body. Even body exists in heaven. It's just a glorified body. But while we're on earth, we have this body that we live in. And what happens in your life, spirit, soul, and body are all interrelated. Okay? They work together, and so what's going on with your body can affect what happens in your soul, right? And what goes on in your body can affect affect what's going on in your spirit. All of this works together, and so I'm going to talk today specifically in the area of your physical body because it's often neglected when it comes to uh, teaching and referencing to it from the Bible, but the Bible says a lot about it. So let me share with you today four things that you need to understand about your physical body and your physical health. Number one, the Bible teaches us that you are to actually appreciate your body, to appreciate your body. The physical body really is is a result of God's creative genius and God's supernatural power. You can't look at your body without marveling at it. When you think about its capacity, how it works, how it functions, the psalmist David reflected upon this one day in his praise to God and said in Psalm 139, verse 14, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your physical body is awesome. Your physical body is amazing. There are 11 systems that are always working in your physical body. You don't even realize that they're working, but they're working all the time, taking care of you, doing things for you. Uh, I did a little check, and maybe I'm off, and if you're a medical professional, you can straighten me out after the service, but I think there's somewhere around 37 trillion cells in your body at work at all times going on, taking food. Food, nourishing your body and cleaning your body out and all kind of these different functions are going on and you're just kind of going around living life and there's your body doing all this stuff okay it's amazing to think about how God made your body Jesus during his earthly ministry showed us how important the physical body is through his ministry let me show you in Matthew chapter 8 one just one illustration of this verses 16 and 17 that evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus so here are folks coming to Christ uh, they were demon-possessed, brought to him for, for deliverance. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the... So what was Jesus doing? He was healing the sick. Notice verse 17. In fact, why don't we read this together at all of our campuses? Here we go. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Now, often we think about Jesus taking our sins and removing, us, removing our sin from us, and indeed, that's so very true. But the Bible even says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus bore our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Isaiah 53 says that by His stripes, we were healed. And so there's healing grace in Jesus. It's a wonderful thing when you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus not just touching people spiritually, but he cares about them physically. So the body that God has given us is a wonderful, wonderful gift. And what is the right response when someone gives you a gift? When somebody gives you a wonderful gift, what's the right response? You appreciate it, right? Okay. If somebody gives you something, just by the way, just a little heads up, somebody gives you something, appreciate it, okay? 
And when God gave you this wonderful gift called your body, it, it's meant to be appreciated. That's, that involves gratitude, that you're grateful, that there's not a, you, you don't take it for granted. There's a gratitude, and then there's a value that you place on it, and there's a sense of acceptance about it. You know, I've noticed a lot of people struggle their whole life mad at God or mad at somebody about the body they got. They don't like the way they look, and if I could change my body. And they spend their entire life fighting, if you will, with God about the body they were given. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do what you need to do to improve your body, okay? Look the best you can, amen? But some things you're never going to change, okay? And God made you the way you are. Think about this, because God needed somebody on the planet at this time that looked just like you look. That God put you here, he uniquely, do you think that you're an accident? You're not an accident. God made you, and so there's an acceptance to your body. Do you work to improve it? Of course you do. But there's an acceptance of the body that God has given you. There's an enjoyment that comes with that. And then an important thing, there is stewardship that goes with it as well. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about in the next few moments as we go through this. That you are to steward this wonderful, wonderful gift that you appreciate. Now let me say one other thing before I move to the next point. Gifts are gifts. Gifts are never to be worshipped. You don't worship a gift, you worship the giver. I watch some people, I've seen some people, I don't say I watch them, but I've seen some people on the rare occasions that I've been in a gym, okay? I usually do most of my workouts in a different environment, but in the rare occasions that I've been in a gym, a hotel gym or something of that nature, I see people that come in and man, they are God's gift to the world. They got muscles on top of their muscles. They cannot find enough mirrors, okay? I mean, they're like bowing down at their muscles, okay? Like, and so they're showing them off, and it's all about this. Let me tell you, it's not about that, okay? In fact, it's great to be in shape, but you don't worship the gift. You worship the giver, amen? It's the gift that you've been given from God Almighty. So worship the giver, not the gift. Number two, honor God with your body. You appreciate your body, and then you honor God with your body. I can't talk about this particular principle without introducing you to a concept or some concepts from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, as the children of Israel were engaged in worship, they worshiped in two environments. Initially, after they came out of Egypt, went to Mount Sinai, God established a system of worship through something called the tabernacle. Say that with me, the tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses. And there's a lot of teaching that we could do just on the tabernacle of Moses and how it was set up. And as a part of this, this is where the people would gather. And there was a holy place and the holy of holies that was there and the ark of the covenant that represented the presence of God. But the tabernacle was the place of God's dwelling. And then over a period of time, as there, there began to be a kingship in Israel, and Saul was the first king, then David becomes the second king of Israel, and David had in his heart to build a house for God, to build a temple for God, but God did not allow him to build the temple. God said, your son Solomon will build the temple, and so then Solomon built a permanent place of worship. The tabernacle was something that traveled around with them in the wilderness over the 40 years of their journey there, but finally they've settled into the promised land, and they're going to a Established on Mount Zion, on Mount Moriah, and the place of Jerusalem, this wonderful thing called the temple, the temple that Solomon built. It was a glorious, wonderful place. It was a place that also included the same setup of the tabernacle, where there's the holy place and the holy of holies and the gathering place of worship, the Ark of the Covenant, and all those things that went along with it, because God dwelt in a place. He dwelt in the tabernacle, and then He dwelt in the temple, okay? So God's presence was known 
longer the place. Got it? What was the place? First it was the tabernacle, and then it was the temple. Now, when you come into the New Testament, God kind of blows everything out of the water, okay? And it's no longer about a specific place that God exists, but now God exists not in places, while He certainly abides in certain places, God exists in people, that He comes to live in people. He wants you to be that tabernacle. He wants you to be that temple. And in fact, when you and I accept Jesus Christ into our life, Jesus comes to live in us. The Holy of Holies sets up residence inside of us, and we are the people of God, and we become the temple of God, the place of God's presence. So your body becomes very important when we think about it from this frame of reference. Amen? Was the tabernacle in the Old Testament important? You better believe it. God told Moses, you build this thing according to the pattern that I show you and don't build it any other way. Was the temple important? Absolutely. In fact, if you travel with me to Israel, we go to that very place where the temple was. You can still see some of the foundations that were left over over the period of time of that temple. And there's the, there's the Western Wall where people are still praying to this very day. And so it was a very important place. And so now thinking about this from this frame of reference, now that you are the temple of God, is your body important? It's very important to God. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Who knew you could preach this passionately about the body, huh? 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are, what are you? God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Does God take his temple seriously? Oh, you better believe it. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So the temple is twofold. It's the you as an individual person in relationship with God, and it's the gathering of the people of God. That's when we gathered here today, we formed, if you will, a spiritual temple that God is in our midst. Jesus said, where two or three have gathered together in my midst, he says, I am there. Notice 1 Corinthians 6, 13, the latter part of verse 13. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality. It's not for, meant for defilement or degrading, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And so your body was not made to be defiled as a temple. It was made for the Lord and the Lord was made for your body. Look at verses 19 and 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read this one together. Why don't you read with me? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, what does it say? Honor God with your bodies. So our bodies need to bring glory and honor to God by the way that we live, by the way that we think, by the way that we talk, by the way that we act, your body does things that need to be done in ways that do not defile that temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there are many ways that you can defile your temple. And God says you need to make sure that you respect this thing called the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body, and don't let things into your body that degrade it, that diminish it, that affect you in ways spiritually that are spiritually adverse. Make sure that you honor God with your body. Number three, you need to maintain your body. That's the third thing that the Bible teaches us. So you appreciate it, 
You honor God with it, and then you thirdly maintain it. The Bible refers to our bodies as a temporary home, a temporary tent that houses our spirit and our soul. We're going to get rid of this body one day, and we'll have a glorified body. But our bodies are the home that we live in in this life, okay? This is the home that you have, okay? And I won't ask for a show of hands here today, but uh, my question to you is, are you a homeowner? Okay, if you're a homeowner, home ownership brings with it responsibility. It's the responsibility of maintenance. And if you don't maintain your home, it's a pay me now or pay me later proposition, okay? If you don't take care of your home, it's just going to deteriorate over a period of time. Your value will go down. Even if, you don't, even if you don't live there forever, when you try to resell it, there's going to be an issue associated with that. You're not going to get out of your house what you thought you'd get out of it generally because you don't take care of it. And so your home, the maintenance of your home is important. Keeping your home clean is important. All these things are valuable to the home that you live in. And the way that you maintain your home from a physical standpoint, not your body, but let's talk about your house for a second. You got to walk around and inspect it from time to time. You got to say, well, are the gutters falling down or do I have issues here? You got to pay attention to stuff. And then you have to invest. How I do mean, you know that sometimes you have to pay some money for maintenance, right? And there's a, there's a line item on your budget sheet that calls for maintenance of your house, not just the mortgage, but the maintenance, okay, that you keep up with it. Now, if I were to, let's take this analogy, because it's a biblical analogy, let's bring it into your physical body for a moment. And I would ask you, just for a moment, just to think about inspecting your body for a moment, just your, your physical body. What shape are you in? Okay. I'm going to get more pointed in a moment, but just think about that for a bit. How's the maintenance going on in your physical body? Is your, is your spiritual house clean, or is it dirty? Is it well-kept or unkempt? Is it in shape or is it in shambles? That's the question we have to ask ourselves because we have to maintain our body. Listen to First, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Man, it got really quiet just then. Okay. Look at the first part of verse 8, First Timothy 4. I'm reading for the message paraphrase. You've been raised on the message of, of the faith and have followed sound teaching, Paul says to Timothy. Now, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pass on the, this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and You'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful. Would you circle that part? You didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Okay. We tend to jump right past that one and go down to the next part. The next part really is truly significant and in many ways, if you will, more of a priority. But it does say this, whip workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. Let me tell you what that's about. You can look at me just for a moment. You can go to the gym, and you can work out, and you can have muscles on top of muscles. You can look like me. Think about that. <laughs> I'm joking, as you know, okay? You can have muscles popping out everywhere. I mean, you can be in really amazing shape. And have a shriveled up, a dead spirit and a shriveled up soul. Amen? You can be buffed to all get out, okay, on the outside. And be pitifully weak and emaciated on the inside. And there's a lot of people that will go to a gym every day of their life. And they work on this, but they do nothing for this, okay? 
But let's flip the coin for a moment. You can work on this in here and let this deteriorate and you limit your capacity to use what God has done in you. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. In the same way, it doesn't mean that your body is more... This body is going to deteriorate. By the way, I'm sorry, it's just going to happen, okay? There's certain things that just over time that your body is not meant to last forever, okay, on this world. As I said, you're going to get a new body. But you want to do everything you can to have a body that will sustain the work that God's doing in your spirit and in your soul, amen? The, the, the goal here is to live the healthiest life you can live for the longest you can live it, amen? Okay. Now, some things you'll never be able to control. There are diseases and sicknesses that people get that you have zero control over. And when those come, you fight them, you get good medical care, you pray, you do everything you can, you work to conquer them. But we live in a, in a world that is dominated by sin and pathology. And so because of sin, sin is, the production, sin is what produced pathology and sickness and disease. So the, to the, or, the, the origin, the genesis of sickness is really sin, sin, the breaking of, down of the world through Adam and Eve. So that's where it comes from. So we live in a broken world, so you're not going to always be able to maintain your health. Some things are out outside of your control and don't condemn yourself if that happens to you but to the best of your ability you want to do the things that you can do to be able to get your body where it needs to be so that what God does in you he has a house that he can work through okay he has a vessel a tool that he can work through for his glory let's go now to another passage everybody still with me so far first Corinthians nine twenty-seven. look at what Paul said here I discipline my, my what? He didn't say spirit or soul, did he? What did he say? I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Let me tell you something. If you don't take control of your body, your body will take control of you. And your body will become your boss. And there are a lot of people, their body is their boss, okay? Every time their body says potato chips, they say yes. <laughs> right? Every time their body says ice cream, they said, okay. You know what I'm talking about. And their body becomes their boss, okay? And Paul says, I discipline my body. I have learned to say no to my body, Okay? You know, sometimes your body will try to tell you to do things that aren't that they're not good for you, right? And so you you and I have to discipline our body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, your body will lead you down a pathway of destruction. Okay, if you just let it become boss in your life. So let me just can I ask you a couple of pointed questions? Or I've already kind of gotten into that a little bit anyway. As I'm asking you, I'm asking myself as well. So we're all in this together. This is family talk, right? Amen. So how's your health? When's the last time you went to the doctor for a checkup? When's the last time you had a physical? You know, just going and get a physical could potentially change, could potentially save your life. When's the last time you checked your blood pressure? When's the last time you did some just practical things of that nature that kind of did a checkup on your physical body? How about your diet? How about your exercises? That do you have any of that going on in your life at all? And I understand that's a moving target and there are times in life that we're better at it than others. Nobody's here to condemn anyone today. 
But what you do want to do in your life is to pay attention to this stuff because it matters, amen? It matters because here's, here's the best scenario. The best scenario is that you will be vital in your spirit. I want my spirit to be vital and alive until the day I die, don't you, okay? I want to have a young, living, life-giving spirit in me until I die. I want to have the healthiest soul I can have, amen? I want to continue to let God save my soul and let the wonderful work happen in my soul part of my being. I want that. But I also want to do the best I can to have the body that I need that is necessary to house those for the effectiveness of the kingdom of God. Okay? That means that you learn how to live your life in a disciplined way. Discipline is a part of that process. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, I heard him. Go ahead and tell him to say, I heard what he said. Okay, I heard what he said, all right? More importantly, did you hear what God said, right? You ready for the last one? Number four, use your body for God's glory. What the Bible teaches us, to use your body for God's glory. One of the greatest blessings that we can ever experience in life is the blessing of being used by God to help and bless somebody else. I can't think of anything greater. My greatest joys in life are when I feel like that God has used me in even in the smallest way to be a help and blessing to someone else. Isn't it a great, isn't it a great feeling? You feel like something you did helped somebody else and blessed somebody else and helped advance the kingdom of God in somebody else's life. There's nothing greater than that. And God has a lot of work that he wants to do in our world. And he wants to use each one of us to do his work. There's a work God wants to do through you. Okay? Amen? And God works through our bodies. Listen, listen to Romans 6 verse 13. We're just about done here. Do not let any part of your body... Do not let any part of your body. Is your mouth a part of your body? Your ears a part of your body? Is your brain a thinking a part of your body? Are your hands a part of your body? Feet a part of your body, right? Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. As don't let any part of your body, brain, eyes, mouth, ears, hands, feet, any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. You might recall back in Sunday school, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little eyes what you see, for the Father up above is looking down in love, be careful little eyes what you see, help me out, be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Come on, church. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little mind, what you be careful, little mind, what you think. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little mind, what you think. Be careful, little feet, where you go. 
Be careful, little feet, where you... Some of you are going to get it finally. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sing a thousand verses until everybody's singing, okay? That's just so you know, okay? Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little feet. I guarantee you'll be singing that for the rest of the day, okay? Just gave you your music for the week, right? Right? Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, listen to this. Give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead. Wow. But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Romans 12.1 and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Let me stop there for a moment. You might want to circle the word plead. This is one of them, but this is a very strong term. As I beg you. It's like a little kid. You've seen a kid in desperation. Please, please, pretty please. Okay, it's I beg you. It's the beg, beg, beg. I'm begging you. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let's stop for a moment. Let me ask you, has God done a lot of wonderful things for you? Has he? Anybody want to take about a 30-second praise break right there and say, Lord, thank you for everything you've done in my life. He's done amazing things for every one of us. Grateful for what he's done. So he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them, let what? Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. How do we use our body for the glory of God, for our commitments? You make commitments. You demonstrate commitments with your body. Okay, that's how you demonstrate a commitment. You know how you know you're committed to a job? Your body shows up. Right? You don't just like... Send in your spirit to work. Right. Yeah. Your boss knows you're committed to your job because your body shows up, right? Your husband or wife knows that you're committed to the marriage because your body shows up, right? Okay? There's a body in the thing, okay? So commitments are demonstrated with your body, okay? You also glorify God through your attitudes, by the, the, the aura that you carry, the attitudes that determine the outlook of your life, by the habits that you form. I'll say this just as a side note here. It's your habits determine your character, okay? That's what's building your character. Your character doesn't just sort of show up in your world. Your character is formed by the habits you develop in life and, of course, by your activities. So what does the Bible teach to us about our bodies? It's important that we grow stronger in our health. How? By appreciating the body God's given us, by honoring God with our body, by maintaining our body, and by using our body for God's glory. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word today. We're grateful for the opportunity we have to study your word. We want to grow stronger. We realize that to do that, Lord, we have to pay attention to, your, to the bodies you've given us. Thank you for the wonderful, wonderful gift of our body. Lord, help us to honor you with it every day. Help us to maintain it well and help us to use it for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name.
Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.